Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jay Kirschman, and this is the Life in the Front Office uh, series with Seattle University's MSBL program presenting the sports business leaders' mindsets. Um, I'm here with Tosh, Tosh Semlocker uh, with Driveline Sports, and um, Tosh is the senior business manager for Driveline, and, and we'll get into what Driveline is and, and ultimately how it exists in the baseball space, but uh, nonetheless, Tosh is a board member at, uh, of the Seattle program and, and really excited to talk to him about his experiences and, and what mindsets he he has uh, taken not only on the field, but but off the field now. So Tosh, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jake. So is, when you think about um, your experience and your journey, run us through a little bit of, of how you got to where you are and then also... Um, kind of the mindsets that have not only you had from the beginning, but how they've changed. Sure. So I've had probably uh, one of the more, I mean, everyone has a unique story, but it was, uh, I was originally from Vancouver, Canada, moved to the United States in 1999. Uh, went to high school at uh, Jesuit High School in Sacramento, which was quite the, it still is uh, a bit of a sports powerhouse. Um, was lucky enough to win a state championship and track there my senior year. And really played a lot of sports growing up. Um, and with that, we, like, it really framed my, my whole thought process, whether that be business, whether that be sports, whether it just be competition in general in regular life. And uh, my senior year of high school, I actually decided I wanted to play professional sports. And so I tried to figure out what the best way of doing that was. Track, really, I was looking to go to Yale and be a decathlete. I didn't really think that had much of a future. So I ended up going to a D3 school in Oregon called Willamette University, uh, where I ended up uh, starting right away. Basically, they, just, they threw me at shortstop, uh, tried to teach me the game. They were really uh, awesome about me learning the game. And then throughout my career, I uh, got moved to third base and then ultimately moved to the outfield where my abilities as a, a player kind of clicked. And so that's when I really started getting more professional attention, kind of achieving that goal. I was uh, invited to a thing. It was kind of like the Aflac All-American for Canada. It's called the T12. I was invited to the first one of those, which we played in Toronto at the Rogers Center and had some really good talent there where, like, I played against uh, current major leaguers like Mike Soroka with the Braves. There's a guy named Josh Naylor. And I kind of held my own there. And all of a sudden, my career, all kind of the risk I took going into college really played off. Um, And so it was looking in the right direction. And then as sometimes it occurs, things aren't meant to be that way. So my senior year of college, uh, I had an advisor, kind of an agent teaching me how to go, um, ended up tearing my labrum in my left shoulder, uh, wasn't able to pass a physical when contracts came around. Uh, a lot of the kind of allure that I had created over the last couple of years went away. Um, and so when it came to that, I went through a lot of different uh, kind of processes. I went and had surgery in San Francisco. Uh, had a full labor repair, tried to come back, uh, went to pre-draft workouts in Toronto, Detroit, Boston, a few other teams. Um, and that kind of felt like I was pursuing this goal, but in many ways people knew that I just wasn't going to be able to be the same player afterwards where I couldn't kind of pass a physical or, sw- or swing a bat the same way. So um, at that point I started really in my head, starting to pivot and think about what I wanted to do. And that's where, uh, one of my former uh, training partners, a guy named Casey Weathers, was like, why don't you try and become a pitcher? 
And so with that, I ended up moving uh, from Sacramento to Seattle and ended up at driveline baseball where basically I tried to learn how to pitch. And even during that time, uh, I was considering joining the Canadian military. There were times where there was a lot of different options of me just figuring out what I wanted to do. And um, it was one of those things where I kept just teaching myself and it was all kind of autonomous learning and just reading as many articles as I could and talking to, there's a guy named Trevor Bauer, who's one of our biggest clients who I was lucky enough who just, he enjoys working with people of kind of same mindset or throwing thoughts off of each other. And that really brought me to this place where I could probably find a place to grow and actually achieve the things I wanted to in my career. And so they ended up uh, offering me a job on the throwing floor. Uh, I worked in that position for about a year and a half, training athletes, working with uh, a lot of really cool guys, learning a lot of different things, learning a lot about biomechanics. Um, I, my dad's a plastic surgeon. My mom was a nurse. I don't really have much of a medical background or <laughs> kind of a biology background, but I did learn a lot of these things along the road. And at driveline, it's a real, there's a hodgepodge of kind of expertise where you have a lot of these guys who would be considered the nerds of the world, whether that be biomechanists, software engineers, um, guys who love playing magic, the gathering, or they're into coding. And then you have me who is more of the professional athlete side. And really it's, a, it's this kind of really cool uh, melting pot of say jocks and nerds. And so, I learned a lot of different things there, then ultimately saw a position um, where it wasn't being filled on the business side and really felt that that was a natural progression for me. I was always into the idea of business development. I was always thinking of what would be the best way to build this brand. I kind of saw the forest through the trees of what driveline could and possibly become. Um, and so I, I would start to focus my, my intentions and my efforts towards that. And it kind of pulled my abilities away from the floor from time to time. Um, but ultimately that became my major focus and then just built up from there. And I actually, I started uh, attending Seattle U in 2017, um, working full time and going to Seattle U, getting my degree. Uh, and so I started really just applying a lot of the, the practical things I was learning from school and trying it at my job. And it was a lot during that time, I was actually accomplishing a lot of, uh, a lot of things that they would always talk about in the books and I would be going through them at that time. Like I was going through major contract negotiations with Lululemon, which became my first real major achievement as a, as a say a member of regular business world where I created the, the first real uh, baseball partnership for Lululemon and then basically moved on from there. So when you think about, you know, you described your path as unique and, and obviously everyone's got a unique path, but I think it's really, uh, it says a lot when you can go from, you know, on the field success to an injury and, and, and you and I have a, a fairly similar background in that, in that, you know, regard, uh, I definitely wasn't going pro, but, um, you know, when you, we, when you think about the, the leadership mindset that it takes to, control your own destiny from a playing standpoint, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's being a pitcher and you're the one with the ball in your hand and you control the whole game or um, ultimately, you know, whether it's being the hitter, right? You can, you can control the, the tempo or, you know, the, the mm -hmm. momentum of, of what's going on uh, with one swing of the bat. 
you know, how do you take that to the business world? Because you didn't have that business experience, quote unquote, right before going into that role. And so um, for those who maybe have their internships and they get their experiences and, and then they kind of work their way up, you just, I mean, you went full blow right into it. And so uh, when you're learning on the fly, sometimes you learn more than you could imagine. Um, so when you think about the mindset that you had, I would imagine it was very open-minded willingness to learn, you know, um, and, and you had to have seen leaders around you that you learned from as well. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, to answer your first question, the, for me, sports, I mean, it's very easy for me to say this where sports has been probably one of the biggest things of my life and it's seared everything I've ever done. But when it comes to really learning, uh, what it takes to be a successful person, whether that be in relationships, whether that be in the business world, whether it be in education, sports really drives a, a lot of lessons that teach people how to be successful in that light, where understanding how to overcome adversity, how to prepare for something. And you can prepare at the hundred percent capacity in the perfect manner and have things not work out. Um, you'll have to, and it's, it doesn't just stop there. You have to bounce back. You have to be able to, have contingency plans you have to be able to pivot you have to be able to build off of what you've already established where I think that was one of the things that I learned the most was this kind of sense of keep moving forward and building off of what I wanted and what I've already created where sure I it's very possible that my professional career didn't reach the point where I wanted it to or where it probably had the potential to reach but the truth is is that it gave me the step stool into this position where there's a lot of people who remember me as a player. There's a lot of people who know me as a player. And it gave me this form of credibility to put me in this position where I can speak with GMs of professional organizations in a kind of eye-to-eye -eye manner. There are a lot of my former teammates and guys that I competed against who are at that highest level. And it really puts you in this position where you're able to build upon what you already accomplished rather than just sitting there and thinking you failed. And that's where a lot in the business sense where Failure isn't the end. You're always going to keep pushing forward. You have to be able to really look yourself in the mirror, think about what you did right, think about what you did wrong, think about the situation and be really objective about it and kind of just move on from there. And that's generally what life is all about is learning from these kind of positions you put yourself in and just trying to make more learned decisions as you move forward. Um, and the second thing is probably, I, I think autonomy is probably one of the biggest things that I've learned to really grab hold to and really embrace. And being in the position I am and working for a company as I do, which is, I mean, it's really what you think about when it comes to, a, say, Silicon Valley, like a startup in the baseball world, where they basically give you as much rope as possible to either have success or to hang yourself with. And that's the truth, <laughs> where... You know, I have literally acted in the manner where I will like not ask for permission and just ask for forgiveness later. And that's generally how the Lululemon partnership happened. That's how a lot of the international expansion has occurred. Um, that's how a lot of these things happened where I did a lot of research. I did a lot of preparation on my own, put myself in the position to bounce forward and really just went with it. And I've I've definitely learned that from my bosses at Driveline. I've learned that from a lot of different people in my life where autonomy is probably one of the biggest things people are both afraid of and both craving. Um, it's just this thing that 
if you really understand what it means, it's just general freedom to operate and to try and make something of yourself. And that's where some people really thrive on that and some people get lost in it. So um, I think that's something that I've truly embraced, especially from my playing days where I, tr I feel that I have the ability to really take my life and my business career, I don't know, kind of grab hold of it and move forward in the way I see fit um, and just kind of go from there. That's a great example. And, and you, when you think about leadership, like not everyone's meant to lead, right? I mean, at, at the end of the day, there, there are certain people who have qualities or, you know, attributes or personalities that, that truly thrive in the leadership position and some that just don't. And, and there's some that a lot, you know, they, they prefer not to, right? But at the end of the day, regardless of that, you got to be able to lead yourself because no one else Absolutely. is going to lead you the way that you need to be led. Uh, so when you, when you mentioned the autonomy, I think it's a perfect, you know, combination of like autonomy and, and ultimately leading yourself uh, to wherever you want to go. Um, and then the second piece I'll kind of throw at you is like the vul the vulnerability piece, right? So um, being a vulnerable leader and, and leading yourself um, in, in the sense of, you know, guiding the direction and wherever you're going, um, whether it's career, personal life, what have you, um, when you when you think about vulnerability, what comes to mind in terms of the mindset that you have to have um, of, of knowing that if you're, you know, working with Trevor Bauer, there's no bad idea, right? He's, mm -hmm. he's obviously an accomplished guy, right? But, but be vulnerable, be open to being criticized and throwing a stupid idea out there that might just work. Absolutely. I mean, that's the only way to grow in any form of life where, whether it be vulnerability or humility, um, putting yourself and... <laughs> I always find it funny where there's a lot of people in this, in this world who talk about like the being the smartest person in the room or noticing the smartest person in the room. And maybe it's just the environment that I've grown up in, or especially what I've worked in for the last few years where you're never the smartest person in the room. And you know that, and you're generally just all of a sudden sitting there listening and you find this way to collaborate and learn from a sense of, you know, there's nothing wrong with not knowing everything right now. And the truth is, is that even these experts that come through, whether it be like GMs of major organizations or guys who were considered the biggest innovators in a certain marketplace, they come through and they don't have all the answers. So it'd be very kind of short-sighted and egotistical to think that you do. And it's one of those things where they have no problem saying that they've made mistakes. They have no problem just throwing ideas out there and wanting to learn from other people who have might have more expertise or might have put more thought into it. And that's generally, I think the thought process that pushes me forward is that there are so many talented, passionate people in this world that why would I silo myself away from learning? And just because to save face or to think that I'm better than listening or learning from this one person. And the truth is, is that you can learn that from a 17 year old who, he might've just been very passionate about a subject. It might bring like spark an idea or, I mean, we deal with this a lot where like being 27 at my age and talking with guys that are 25, 30 years, my senior, they always expect or assume that I'm just going to sit there and act like I know everything. But the truth is they've set the stage for everything I'm trying to do. And I've mm -hmm. learned a great deal from them. So it'd be very, uh, it'd be wrong of me not to listen and learn and just to kind of put myself out there say my piece, have evidence for what I'm saying, and then listen to their rebuttal with as much passion as I had giving my explanation. 
Yeah, the perspective is key and, and keeping that perspective. And I think if you are the smartest person in the room, you'll never be able to learn. And there's definitely Absolutely. always a way to figure out how to not be the smartest person in the room, right? Like there's someone you could always invite <laughs> that knows more than you. Uh, oh, yeah. Because, you know, you could you could invite a doctor and that doctor's the smartest person in the room because if someone needs a doctor they're going to be they're going to be the one to save the day right so oh yeah um you know when you think about the people that you've you know crossed paths with whether it's the players or the coaches um you know we all work in sports because we love the the one thing that you kind of mentioned earlier that that brings people together right for for one mm-hmm. common purpose um and then we all love learning the lessons that people like yourself have learned on the field. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what are, what's, what's the one lesson that you've taken away from the training side in the sense that there's so much that goes into the product on the field, right. Sure. That, that you don't see behind the scenes. Um, I would say the biggest thing I learned was that hard work doesn't guarantee success and it doesn't guarantee um, any form of like a future. It doesn't guarantee anything like that. It guarantees your ability to walk away from a situation and know that you gave everything you could. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth where at the end of the day, we all try and go to sleep. We all try and sit there and be like, okay, did I give my all at the end of the day? Did I do what I could? And that's all you can do. And there's a lot of times where people lie to themselves about that. There's a lot of times where, they, they say they did, or they, it's very possible. I mean, everyone has some days that are less productive than others, but you, you are fully control of the type of initiative and passion that you push forward for through every day. And I learned that from uh, that Casey Weathers guy that convinced me to go out to driveline where, you know, it really true hard work allows you the ability to walk away and feel comfortable with the efforts you push forward. And that's from the training side. That's probably the biggest lesson I learned where, especially considering my career, I literally almost destroyed my left arm in order to pursue my playing career. And that was something that I know at the end of the day, when I walked away, I did pretty much everything I could to pursue that dream. So when I moved on to uh, a professional career on the business side in that same space, I know that I could give everything, uh, give everything to that because I have done basically everything I could in my past to pursue those other goals. So I'd say from the training side, that's the biggest thing I've learned. Well, and when you talk about success, I mean, every success or piece of success comes with, you know, risks taken, right? So for example, you were, you were taking risks to, you know, not only, you know, completely tear your shoulder, right. But also, (laughs) um, you know, forgo any other experience from a work standpoint, that you could have pursued, but instead you continued to try and play, right? And then you yep. took the risk of joining a startup and doing something that made you uncomfortable. And then you took the risk of going back to school while working, right? Like there's there's all these, I would call it a different level of risk, right? Like everything sure. just as, as in pain, right? That you go through with your tearing your labrum, there's a risk tolerance, right? So everyone's yep. got a risk tolerance, but um, in the sense of you know, risk as a mindset, every leader has to take a risk in order to succeed. So when you think about how you guys are set up as, you know, as you mentioned, kind of a startup and, and, and ultimately trying to trailblaze, right. A a, a path of something that 
either doesn't exist or it's um, new to the industry or whatever it might be, what kind of advice do you have and, and, and insights around taking risks and the mindset of taking risks in, ter- in, in hopes of, you know, not only success, but being able to lead in, in some shape or form? Well, initially I can, you, you said something that was very astute in regard to just overall being in a vulnerable position and being uncomfortable. And I'd say the biggest thing that you can take away from being an athlete or being a professional athlete where you're in front of tens of thousands of people every day and trying to pursue this goal where you, you do find a way to be comfortable in a position that most would be uncomfortable. And the truth is what's the worst can, that can happen when you take risks or when you're uncomfortable and you put yourselves in those uncomfortable positions and people talk about it all the time where it be public speaking or it'd be like going out on a first date or whatever it might be in like your life and your personal life or business life where taking risks, it's generally just putting yourself out there. And as long as you prepare, as long as you do enough research, as long as you put yourself in the right frame of mind for success, the truth is it, it becomes less and less of a risk. And being even doing that more often than not, it enables you to become comfortable in uncomfortable positions. And I'd say, and that's one of the biggest things as well in the business world is you're able to cut out a lot of being uncomfortable when you're authentic and you become an authentic leader and you make a, uh, a routine example of just being yourself and people know like there's reputations that precede you and they understand what they're going to get. And when you enter a room, then as you get into that position, you know inherently for yourself that I am this person, I am a risk taker. You build this develop or this kind of confidence that enables you to pursue uh, risk-taking in many ways that other people might not kind of go for the same type of risks. So I'd say that was, um, that's one of the biggest things I could add just for anyone who is in a position of whether they're just starting something new, whether they're trying to pursue greater things is what's the worst that can happen. You, the sun will come up, you keep pushing forward. uh, You learn from the experience. You either succeed where you gain uh, confidence in just pursuing that and achieving it, or you might fall a little short, but the truth is, is that learning and pursuing that experience is going to push you forward and like, basically direct you to greater success in the future when you try to pursue something else. So um, risks just become something that I don't think it's, a lot of people think it's calculated. Uh, I think it's more feel. I think it's an understanding of who you are, where you are in the space, how much preparation you've actually done. Um, and that's when people always laud others as lucky. But the truth is luck comes from preparation and opportunity. And I, I truly believe that. You couldn't have said that any better. I, I mean, I think, you know, anyone who's been lucky, certainly opportunities come their way. But they're not only are they prepared for the opportunity, but they're prepared to take the risk of the opportunity. Right. And so. When you think about, you know, as we as we kind of wrap up the episode, as you think about uh, what the educational world has has taught you as you were, you know, working and mm-hmm. and going back to school at the same time, what's maybe one thing that you learned for someone who maybe hasn't gone back to school? Um, what advantage has it given you in the working world that maybe um, you wouldn't have had? It, otherwise it gives you, you perspective. It lends the opportunity of there's a lot of people who are out there and. Generally, as I I discussed um, how people are, when you walk into a room and you feel like 
you're not the smartest person in a room or you're able to be vulnerable. I think going back to school and really putting yourself in a position to learn from others in a similar situation where I was a couple of years older than the average student and I wasn't the oldest person in that room either where they were trying to push forward in their careers and especially say in a business school where you have a lot of different people in similar situations where either they're trying to move into an like administration role or they're trying to just boost their understanding and start their own business. You, you really start to learn a greater sense of perspective for what you're pursuing and why you're pursuing it. And um, like my dad's dad was, he owned a bakery in Vancouver, Canada, and that was his life's passion. He was building it. So then his son could build off of that. And then now I've been able to build off of the opportunities my dad gave me. And that's lent me a great amount of perspective. And there are a lot of different stories out there where if you really open yourself to the opportunity of going back to school, learning from a bunch of different experiences of the students around you, or even the teachers that are teaching you all of this different material, uh, it really presents this ability for you to build a much greater idea of the world around you. And that enables you to just be a much more effective business leader moving forward. I love that perspective and, and certainly great advice and insights um, today. I really appreciate the time and, and thought behind uh, today's episode. And uh, Tosh, can't thank you enough. Uh, this was part of the Seattle U's MSBL program uh, presenting the Sports Biz Leaders Mindset Series. No, of course. So thank, thank you, you for, for participating.